Here on Taking Back Joy, my mission is to share with you all the possible ways you can market your small business that are efficient, that are effective, and that actually bring back joy rather than feeling like a chore. And that's why I'm so excited to share this episode's guest with you, one of my clients and very good business buddies, Jill Noble. She's one of your typical small business owners that's probably wearing more hats than (laughs) she would like to some days, but she's brilliant at all of them. And today we're going to talk about the unexpected benefits that podcasting brought to her farming business. She runs a fabulous podcast called The Sheep Show Podcast. She runs a beautiful farm in Victoria in the Holston Valley, and she's going to share with us today how she got started with podcasting, how easy it is to get started and keep going if you've got everything lined up and you've made yourself an efficient system and the unexpected benefits that have come out of it. I really can't wait to share this one with you guys because Jill is a fantastic person and she's very, very great to learn off. So without further ado, let's jump in. You're listening to Taking Back Joy, a more than marketing podcast. This is where we dive into how to market your regional and rural small business sustainably without being stuck to your screen. I'm your host, Meredith Page, and I was born and raised in a small town full of fantastic small businesses, and now I'm doing the same with my own family. I'm a marketing coach, a mum and a wife, and I want to share with you everything I've learned and am still learning about juggling a family, business growth, mental well-being and healthy boundaries. Here we market smarter, not harder, so we can take the busyness out of our businesses. If you're running a small business, raising small humans, and trying to make a big difference in a small town, you're in the right place. This is Taking Back Joy. So firstly, thank you so much for joining me, Jill. First of all, could you please introduce yourself and tell me about the businesses, because being one of the typical small business people, there's always more than one. Tell me about the businesses you're involved in. Thanks, Meredith. Um, well, so we run a sheep farm and a regenerative farm in Gippsland called Holston Valley Farm. Um, I'm also involved in a sheep association for Wilshire Horn Sheep. And I also have a HR consulting business as well and as part of the farm I guess I publish a sheep magazine and also have a sheep podcast yes a few things on the go just a few you know just to keep you out of trouble (laughs) pretty typical um so in this episode like we were sort of saying before we started recording I really want to introduce my audience and my small business people to as many different kind of ways of marketing their business as possible just so we're not so reliant on like Facebook alone because it's a lot of eggs to stack in one basket that's probably not the best basket for all to be in so in this episode like your your podcast has gone absolutely gangbusters for you so I wanted to talk about the that whole process that decision making process and where it's got you to now first of all were you an avid podcast consumer before you started decided to start your own I had been searching for a sheep podcast and couldn't find one I had been listening to podcasts on sort of women's health and well-being because um, I drove a lot. I was in my car quite a lot, sort of pre-COVID, and l- loved loved the concept of podcasts, but couldn't find a sheep one. <laughs> there are actually now there probably are five sheep podcasts. All the copycats out there. Um, <laughs> all the copycats. All the copycats. <laughs> so yeah because I, I tend to agree I feel like um 
I feel like pod, like listening to podcasts is a really kind of healthy habit as well. Like I know for me, especially with young kids, I hate sitting there and scrolling mindlessly through my phone. So I'm always looking for ways to like have me time that doesn't involve that. And I love taking the dog for a walk and listening to a podcast too. So and it's and it's something I quite happily do for the rest of my life because you're moving or like you, you're sort of chewing up a drive, you're learning something. So what was it the fact that you saw a gap in the market for your own needs is that what decide is was it like a was it like a meeting a need decision or is it a marketing motivated decision to grow your business or was it a bit of both it was um really weird actually I in my other businesses that I mentioned I've written a couple of books so I had thought to myself there's a, a gap in the market for books books on sheep that I wanted to read if that makes sense the sort of things that I thought was going to be, going to be useful for me as a, a newish sheep breeder I grew up you know in a rural background in Ireland with sheep but actually having your own sheep mm. enterprise is a little bit different and of course being in Australia and we're we're sheep studs so there's all these other things that no one ever tells you if you don't grow up with it no one tells you all these little secrets so I had sketched out a book to write um for to to I suppose to help people new to sheep know some of the basics but also to get them to think about sheep as a genuine not just a you know not just the fact that you could have like a couple of backyard sheep or then the other option is you, then you just have like thousands of sheep does that make sense yeah it's like like there's got to really, be a gap there between like hobby and yeah. commercial Correct. Yeah. yeah. Or like serious sort of like you've got, yeah, you've literally got thousands of sheep. So I was really wanting to sort of write a book for that market and that segment um, because I knew how hard it was from my point of view. And as I said, I've written books before and I know how one, how much effort it takes and then also how hard it is to market the book. Mm. If that makes sense and get the news out there. So um, I was ironically looking through social media one day and I just saw this this guy he lives in Byron Bay actually and he was a podcast coach and I thought oh that's it that's it someone's Facebook ads are working well (laughs) yeah exactly um and I I just contacted him straight away uh he was very responsive gave me gave me a call we had a chat um he he sort of said you're 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 like my perfect student sort of thing and um we had a coaching session and then he had an online course and <laughs> and I did the online course I smashed the online course in like a week I'm not and... even a little bit surprised <laughs> <laughs> now that I know you Joe I'm not surprised you smashed it out in a week <laughs> this was all just around the time of COVID so I sort of mm. had had a few cancellations in my other business I had a little bit of time that I could of invest in that and of course stuff like that you can listen to it as well as you know watch it and did this podcast course and the beautiful thing about his relationship was then he he would you know he'd follow up with you so it was an ongoing thing so he basically held me by the hand when I started my podcast and um you know, he, he really helped me sort of have a bit of a plan for the first six months and all that, because there's all this, you know, pod, um, pod fatigue, you know, you'll, <laughs> and you look at it online, you know, you'll see mm. someone who's have, they've, they've, they've launched two or three episodes of podcast and then nothing, or maybe, you know, they've, they've launched 
six or seven episodes and then nothing oh there's nothing worse especially when you get hooked on a really good one and then you're so used to having it come up in your feed every week and then it's like where did they go they were great I know and that's kind of what keeps me going now I do a podcast episode every week and I've been doing that for the last year and a half and it's it's like that it's when people contact you say Jill I didn't get your podcast this week and I'm thinking (laughs) oh man I, I was hoping you wouldn't notice so I kind of have this um sort of cult following now where you know, oh. if you don't, if I don't get a podcast out on a Monday, there's, a, you know, the wolves are at the door sort of thing. It's like, whoa, sheep people are serious. You've, you've done too good um, a job and now the people yeah. demand answers. <laughs> but, but I had no idea really that what I was creating was a marketing tool. I, I really didn't realize that. Uh, I just thought I was producing this content to just bridge that gap, help others. But I didn't realize there would be, I suppose, a commercial gain for me, Mm. if that made sense. Do you feel like that's an important component of your success? Because we would, again, this is something we were speaking about before we recorded. And the fact that like, for me, I feel like this podcast I'm doing now, this is like my third crack at it, but I feel like I have something important to share now. It's not about attracting listeners and click through to the website. It's like, no, no, I want more people to hear about this and to know about this. Do you feel like having this underlying purpose bigger than your business is what actually has made it so successful? Big time. And, and you know what? I think working in my HR business, working with other businesses, when, we, when I do their mission and vision and stuff like that, you know, a lot of them say to me, well, we're, we're just here to make money. Mm, it's not good enough. You know, no. that's not a good enough reason well you know? people won't and know like I'm... and trust you off the back of that and you like we know that's like marketing and connections 101 there's got to be the no like and trust factor otherwise people aren't people won't engage in just a purely financial transaction they want more than that exactly was that podcast three or podcast four Meredith that you had that in <laughs> <laughs> I remember that I remember listening to that and that's exactly it so I think you know we it it Again, it was it was very much by default, but having that higher purpose to why you're doing it makes it more genuine and mm. more authentic. And I, I find it much more motivating than I'm doing this to try and, you know, sell something. I think that's it. And because if, if you've got that higher purpose where it's like, no, no, people need to know this, you're constantly pursuing other people. Like I pursued you for this because it's like, no, no, I want people to know this because the people that I serve, this is important to them. And it's kind of like that whole karma kind of concept. You put it out to the universe and then it will come back to you, but you kind of can't do that with the sole intention of waiting for that return serve. It kind of has to be yeah, a bit more sort of higher order than that. So how do you how did you find the tech side of things when it came to podcasting? Because I feel like sometimes people get, I think they put themselves in this technophobe basket where it's like, I'm not good at tech. And I think they then just write themselves off for all these opportunities that they could be experiencing because the tech, from, from what I've experienced, the tech is really user-friendly. I think the thing that I found with the tech, first of all, the coach helped me to, to sort of overcome that barrier because it is a psychological and a real barrier. But also I think the thing I've noticed is that the people who develop technology for podcasts aren't IT people. Mm-hmm. People who lead the charge, they're not just the developers. Correct. They've got a bit of better understanding of the end user. Correct. Absolutely. They're either, um, you know, graphic designer or marketing people or, um, or, or people who've, you know, you use podcasts for their business and now are sort of podcast podcasters, if that makes sense. So um, I've, I use Buzzsprout, mm-hmm. um, which 
uh, is is for I found it. it it's, it's okay. I I went with the cheap version initially, you know, the free version initially. But then, like most free versions, you quickly grow out of that. But it was a great way of testing the water. Mm. Um, so there is a fee for it, but I haven't in that sort of category, whatever category I'm in now, I haven't maxed it out. So it's quite, quite useful, quite good for, for what I do. But the, the other, the other benefit I've found with this particular tech is that it, it, it sends when you're setting it up, because one of the biggest challenges is well, we, you want to get your podcast on these podcast apps. That's mm. where people find you. Like 50% of my listeners are in the US. They, they don't follow me on Facebook. Yeah, they don't mm. follow me on Facebook. They, they don't see me on Instagram. They've never even heard of Gippsland, you know. So they found me by searching on a podcast app. Now with, with Buzzsprout, it automatically connects my podcast you just hit buttons and it sends it off to all the different podcasts I think that's a I think that's a really interesting point to make because mine does the same thing I think that's what they refer to as syndication I don't know I feel like I should know what that term means more than I do but anyway that sounds like that sounds like it's right sounds smart enough to roll roll with it yeah um but yeah it's like you know the the old days when we had RSS feeds yeah I still to this day don't really understand what that is But like real, real something syndication, I think. Maybe that's where I'm. That's where they've got the term syndication from. Yeah, yeah. I feel like we're on the right track there. I feel like we can back (laughs) ourselves there. But yeah, so I think a lot of people. I think that's probably one of the biggest roadblocks they hit is they then go, oh, and then I've got to figure out how to get it on Apple Podcasts and Spotify and Google. And um, my my one does the exact same thing. I use Anchor, which is different to yours, but it's the same thing. It's like that step's taken care of. You know, I did have to do a bit of tweaking with the Google one, but again, their support team was fantastic. I just emailed them and said, look, I'm having trouble. Can you give me a hand? And within 24 hours, it was resolved and it was fine. That's again, I think the sign of what we were talking about regarding the fact that the people who develop these things are, are thinking about, and maybe this like the whole concept of user-centered design or whatever it mm. might be, that's that we're feeling that now. It's much easier for us as lay people to sort of produce a podcast and, and a show, basically, because that's what we're doing. We are producing a show, mm. just like a TV show, and we can do it without actually being able to do all the the, the sort of behind the scenes mess and craziness that that, that that exists yeah it's a it's a pleasant surprise how simple the process is um in terms of editing your audio I know you use a separate program for that do you want to tell me a little bit about that one for anyone who's yeah in that one yeah um I use audacity mm-hmm. and that's audacity. free isn't it it's free yeah it's free listen it, it's it's you know not the best but it, it it works for me and I haven't ventured to, to look at an alternative I, I find it really good because you can drag and drop things in there so you so I'm doing now I don't I, I used to use Fiverr to help with editing like like a, v, a VA like a virtual assistant mm-hmm. to edit um edit my podcast and do the intros and the outros um, and if I ever need a new intro or outro and all the music mixed, I will still use Fiverr for that. Um, but Audacity, I can now import the intro and I have a selection of outros that I'd use. Like I've got eight different ones that I use. Yep. 
um, and I can pull that in myself. So I actually do all of that myself now, the whole, the whole thing. No one else touches my podcast. That's fantastic. And again, but the fact, the fact that the process isn't so laborious that you felt the need to get someone to bring, bring someone in on it, it says a lot too. Like the fact that you're, you know, involved in what two or two, one organization and two businesses at a minimum. And this podcasting process is not so in like fiddly that you've gone, oh, this is just too much work for me. So I think that's what something else that people need to know is that with everything Jill's got on her plate, she's still quite happy to edit and publish her own podcast. That says something for the process. In 40 minutes a week, if I'm recording that podcast, you know, you know, at the last minute, I can have it done and dusted and live in 40 minutes. That's fantastic. So again, the time should not be a constraint either. So what have you found to be both like, I suppose, the short term and the long term benefits of a podcast beyond sharing this content that you felt there was a gap in the market for? Oh, it's been quite phenomenal, actually. Um, Everything from we've had a team of volunteers uh, from podcast listeners who came and helped us on the farm at some of the crucial sort of peak work times oh, last wow. year. That probably, that probably just cost you a roast dinner and that's about it. That's exactly it. So wow. people rock up, which is one of our focuses on the farm. That it's very much about community and it's a very open farm. And it's, it's not one of these farms that you have to have special permission to come to. You can just literally rock up, um, you know. Wow. So in this case, they contacted me, but they, they came. Um, so that's been amazing. So free labor. I mean, hello. <laughs> Be able to connect um, with these people, like sort of not because sometimes I think when you're podcasting, you can kind of feel like just talking into your mic and going, oh, I hope someone's out there is listening. But to have someone then come back and go, oh, I love this episode and this one was really helpful. Like to actually talk to the people that's having an impact on it is huge. Yeah, it is huge. And we did, uh, we were lucky enough this year to get two expos to sheep or farm expos and it's both situations and both situations I had people come up and say oh I love your podcast and blah blah blah. so I'm like I'm so embarrassed I get so embarrassed but it's kind of really cute yeah it's like I didn't actually do this to be famous this is weird (laughs) it is weird it is weird um so that's been one of the the sort of the the benefits um the other benefit I suppose is for me it's an excuse to show up Mm, you yes, know, hundred percent. It's, it's a yeah. So it's it's a it's an opportunity. Like with Buzzsprout, again, they they, they you can create a little sound bite. Ah, perfect. And they yep. make it yeah, and they make it perfectly suitable for social media. One for Instagram, one for Facebook. So I can go in and I can choose like a thirty second bite. You hit a button, and it just comes to me on my email, and I can use that. So it's a it's a great opportunity. Effectively, it is marketing content pre-prepared if you like that's a fantastic feature I'd love to have a look at that because yeah that's the other thing too it's like okay now I've you know now I've got to the effort of it's published it's out there now I need to let people know it exists you know that it's alive and breathing so to know that that was automatically generated ready to go that's huge as well correct yeah absolutely and also it's given me an excuse to talk to weird and wonderful people that I wanted to talk to, you know, mm. like last week I did a podcast at two o'clock in the morning with a guy in Norway. Wow. That's, but that's so cool. I know. Oh, so cool. What did you guys so talk cool. about? What aspect of the farming did you guys talk about? Yeah. He actually has created a concept called mob breeding, which is a very sort of Darwinistic sort of farming theory where 
you you basically and it's particularly about breathing you don't intervene at all you just sort of let nature take its course you know survival of the fittest it's 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 really out there as a as a style but what it what it does is i'm sure a lot of people aren't really interested in this sheet sort of <laughs> but anyway but you never know breathing. there may be you another maybe farmers clients listening to me on my podcast you never know you never know ah oh, you never know I hear there there are actually. I hear there are. Well, I picked um, up a client from your podcast, so I hope I, I can send yeah, at least one your way. There you go. There you go. How cool is that? And that's another benefit, isn't it? Mm. To actually cross pollinate clients and things like that. That's it. You would meet. You wouldn't you know, think about it as an opportunity to connect because it's meant you feel like it's this one-way medium, but it is. It's a really good ex- and like it's this really nice excuse, like you said, to knock on people's doors and go, hey, I "Have a podcast. I'd love to pick your brain." But it's a nice way to put the opportunity to them where they can also get a benefit from the interaction. It's not just you taking up twenty minutes of their time and they get nothing out of it. And they've just given away information for free. Like no doubt they will get something out of it. Like the exposure for them is really good. It substantiates their expertise for anyone looking for someone like them. But yeah, you get this great sort of slab of content that you couldn't have otherwise pulled into your into your world and given to your people. So uh, benefit, the yeah. knock on benefits are so big in terms of sharing information like that. Big time. Last year, um, a guy contacted me. He had this. He's got this device for um, that you use to numb um testicles when you castrate lambs so now and people are going to start listening to my podcast more if i use this <laughs> as my soundbite oh watch my watch my listeners go through the roof keep keep going this is going to be great <laughs> and he you know he, he spent 15 years of his life developing this amazing device and he's got all these shows lined up for 2020 and 2021 COVID hits and he's got nothing so he's beside himself, you know, he's, he's literally his whole life's work. He's got a young family. And so he, he, I was writing an article for my sheet magazine and I, and he said to me, what am I going to do? I mean, I'm in a terrible situation. And I said, okay, let's, let's do this. I, I run some Facebook lives. Said, let's do a Facebook live. Let's do a podcast. You know, let's see what else we can do to help. And, and, you know, it was, it was, he could then use it in his marketing, but then he sent me, and these devices are like $400. So he sent me a free device sure. just to say thank you. Oh, but that's amazing. That's really, really yeah. cool. Yeah. Someone just recently contacted me um, about another agricultural product and wants, me, wants us to be involved in a trial, to trial a particular mineral with our oh. lambs. So I'm like, sure, free product. And, you know, again, opportunities to learn stuff and see what works without taking the, the financial risk. Mm. Right. Knowing that you've like got that. a really good platform to talk about it if you are successful. Like, again, it's win-win. It is win-win. Do you, um, do you have, like, so. a set mix of, like, where, like, your ratio, for example, of, like, things where it's just you talking about your expertise versus interviews? Do you have one that you prefer mm-hmm. over the other? For me, it's, it's a little bit about time. You know, if I'm short on time, I'll just do one with me mm-hmm. or there may be a particular topic that I do on my own, but I like, I like my, one of my sort of personal values is variety. That is so mm. crucial to, to my well-being. I suppose. <laughs> have I got funny enough? Have I got enough variety in my life? Uh, that I, I, that's reflected in the podcast. So I like a lot of variety. I like, I I've done some on the road podcasts, you know, where, you know, it's just, you know, Vox pop sort of stuff. Um, <laughs> you know stuff like that 
Which I think it also shows that you are passionate about the topic and it isn't just about getting eyeballs on your stuff and foot like digital foot traffic. Because if it's springboarding off a passion and something you're interested on, interested in, it's very unlikely that you will run out of things to say. I mean, and I suppose the added advantage you're doing about farming is there's so much stuff that would happen seasonally, I guess, that it's like, oh, like lambing. Like, you know, it's like, oh, it's lambing's on right now. Well, this came up. Let's talk about this because if I'm going through it, someone else is going through it right now. Yes, correct. And that's, that's one thing I have done. I didn't quite know how to do the podcast on lambing, so I created this concept called the Lambing Diaries. Yeah, I love seeing that. I I followed you on Instagram and the videos were just so cute. Yeah, and and a lot of them, a lot of people really like them because they're very raw, very authentic, very real. Like I'm often talking about, like I had to do a C-section on a U. You did a C-section? I did a (laughs) C-section. Wow. I know, you know, so, and and how, of course, you know, she, she had to be euthanized, you know, but how emotional that was for me you know, and how you've got to, I just had to act first and think later. Otherwise I would have been a mess. I couldn't have done it. But I think that's so important sharing that because can you imagine how many people would in that situation thinking, oh, I'm being such a blubbering mess. I should really pull myself together. It's like, no, no, like that's a high stress, high emotion situation. That's yeah, that is normal. I think I may have traumatized my son though, because I think one of your videos showed actually a lamb being born. And I'm like, oh. I got my six-year-old over. I'm like, oh, this will be cool. This will be. This is like the time I took him to see The Lion King, and I forgot about the Mufasa death scene. And I was like, oh, I forgot about this bit. So um, I showed him the video of the lamb actually coming out, and I'm like, see, isn't that cool? And he was just this weird shade of like white and green, and he was like, I don't want to watch this anymore. And I'm like, oh, wow. too much. Okay, probably too much. You're probably a bit young for that. I thought it was cool. Yeah. <laughs> so I think I've just turned him off farming for life. Um. So with your podcast now, in terms of the nuts and bolts marketing side of things, where are you now in terms of like listeners, downloads and things like that? But I guess more importantly, do you even worry about those metrics or do you just have fun with it and let that stuff take care of itself? Yeah. Yeah. I, I used to be pretty obsessed about it um, because Buzzsprout sort of rewards you for ah, okay. certain milestones. Yeah. And and now I've reached the pinnacle milestone. I can't, you know, they don't I don't get any more little certificates or whatever. But I um some of my podcasts, the one thing I do really like to look at is how how do what's my measure of success, I suppose. Um and apart from like just the other day, I got an email from someone in Wales, you know, just these beautiful emails from random people you know, or someone just said, you know, I listen to all the Chic podcasts, Jill, but your delivery is the best. It's just, Aww. you know, it's just so lovely. You just think, <laughs> oh, it's so nice because it's mine. It's a little bit different. It's, you know, a lot of the other Chic podcasts are very, I find them very scripted. Yeah. Um, and very, because of course, there's a lot of potential liability when you're when you're communicating information like that, yeah, you've yeah. got to make sure you're dotting your I's and crossing your T's. But yeah. I find too, I know, I can tell when someone is reading their notes versus speaking yeah. from like their inherent experience and it does get a little bit boring. It gets a bit boring if they're just it reading does. to you. It's like if I want an audio book, I'm not on this platform for an audio book. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But I do know that if your episode has, got over 500 downloads it's like in the top 30 percent of episodes oh you know yeah so there's little things like that that um that I like to see I I can see I can track I can but 
again, Brosbrad, you can track everything. You track down to the sort of almost suburb of where the listener is and it shows you all wow. this data. Amazing, amazing. Um, and you can go down to each episode. You know, if, if I did, like I did an episode with my brother in Ireland. So I can see, are there local people in our hometown listening to that episode? You know, little cute things like that. Yeah. Um, but like that kind. Of, but like, if you really wanted to sort of, if you're the sort of mindset where it's like, okay, if I'm going to do this, I really want to make sure I'm not getting bang for my buck. But I want to make sure I can do this properly, and I don't, I'm not just speaking into the void. That I'm actually can kind of see, all right, what episodes work, what, what which ones worked better than others, and then sort of go back and go, okay, what did I do in that episode that I can maybe focus more on down the track? Like, it could be a case of your interview episodes do better than your one, like in your sort of solo shows, or it could be to do with length. Like, it could be like, well. The ones that seem to be doing well seem to go between 20 and 30 minutes or the longer term, the longer form ones yeah. might. So, and those things. The kind title, of, the title I think makes a huge mm. difference as well. Huge difference. Well, that would link into like the whole search results mentality, wouldn't it? Like mm. how, how clickable is the title of your podcast? Is it enticing enough? And um, yes. yeah, having access to all the information would be really good because it's a way you can, you know, rinse, repeat and refine just to get more success out of it. Um, but it's fantastic that that tool's got all that information available to you in a way that could actually can appreciate it's not just obscure graphs and numbers so if someone wanted to get started on their own podcast where would you would you recommend where would you recommend they start should they have a look at the tech first or should they really just hone in on subject matter and trust that they will figure the tech out um i would be looking at um i suppose similar to the question you asked at the beginning meredith which is why you know mm. what what what's going to get you um, like i remember during a blackout, we had a very long blackout here in summer and I needed to produce a podcast and I had a, I didn't have a generator. So I think, oh my, I'm going to use the last little ounce of battery I've got on my laptop <laughs> to do a podcast and get it out. You know, I mean, that's, you know, as opposed to cooking dinner or whatever. I'm going to- <laughs> that's it. You've got meat defrosting in freezers. You've got stuff going off and you're sitting there going, damn it, no, I need to do I've got to do a podcast. I've been and I remember it was really... Um, yeah, and I remember we've got some two wood stoves in the house, and it, I'm, I wanted to cook. Get so I put two wood stoves on, which means our house is so hot. So I'm sitting in my bra recording a podcast <laughs> with the with the last sort of thirty percent of my battery. So I suppose the why? Why mm. are you doing it? What is going to see you through? Because there are seriously going to be times when you're, and, and I think you get the imposter syndrome too. Sometimes I, I still oh, get yeah. that. I think far out I don't really I don't really feel like I've got much to say or you know I've, I've had a really bad week bad shepherding week and I've made some mistakes you know who's going to listen to me now you know kind of thing mm-hmm. you're going to have those times and what what is going to be the thing that keeps you going and and keeps you showing up so yeah do you want it but you gotta want it badly enough and it's like if yeah. are you passionate enough about what you're what you're sharing are you passionate about who you're sharing it with and you're passionate about why you're sharing it for me that's the first thing to to sort of get get right and and and, and be co- really comfortable with that reason and uh, and then I think you know and I've helped a few people there's a, another actually the, that guy that guy I mentioned that guy's in Brisbane his uh his wife is a child psychologist and she set up a podcast and she had a chat with me oh really she set up a podcast yeah you know so I think find someone that you know who's doing it and 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 talk to them I guess now that you've actually we've got a podcast on 
you know. That's <laughs> very meta, isn't it? Podcasting people. on podcasting. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But this is not about sort of nuts and bolts. This is more, yeah, more about the, I suppose, the, 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 the warts and all kind of thing mm-hmm. about mm-hmm. about podcasting. So I think that's quite helpful. Would you recommend people go seek out a coach like you? Did you feel like oh. if you hadn't gotten a coach or someone to hold you, not just accountable through the process to ensure mm. you finished it, but to help you along the way, do you think you would have actually done it if you'd done it flying solo? I, I, I think I would have done it maybe, but been a bit more frustrated. Yeah, like I, I just literally took every every morsel of advice. The guy, if, if anyone wants to know, his name is Brett Jarman. Mm-hmm. I'll link to that in the show yeah, notes. To yeah, this. yeah. Um, you know, I just literally took every morsel of advice that he had and just followed it to a T. You know, and it just worked. And then if I had problems, I would get in touch with him. So I think it depends on the type of person that you are. I mean, that cost me money, you know, yeah. so I invested money in that. Um, but it definitely was a huge shortcut and a shortcut mm. emotionally as much as time. Yeah, because I think I think because once you're, once you're set up, then it's like, okay, well, now everything's set up. Now you've actually got to record the thing and you've got to keep showing up and recording the thing. So the last thing you want to do is expend all your emotional and physical energy in just the setup. And so by the time you get to the end of the setup, you're so exhausted, you don't actually record anything because you're just so traumatised by the, the setup period. Not that I want to scare anyone off that, but I think it's worth doing a bit of research and finding, like you said, coaches. I did an online course with a marketer I follow called Jenna Kutcher. She had the pod, uh, podcast lab. I found that pretty affordable. There wasn't a lot of, from what I remember, there wasn't a lot of tech support in it, but it was a lot of like planning and it's like, okay, we're going to just put one foot in front of the other and we're going to plan, okay, what's the title? What's the purpose? Um, these are all the platforms you need to think about. Here's how to plan um, an episode like he's had to think about the title what you're going to cover how to structure your episode in terms of like introduction and conclusion thinking about show notes so hers was really good in terms of like because I would if it was me I would sit there and think about all the things and then I would get incredibly overwhelmed and I probably would have done it so similar to you it's like all right I'm just going to follow someone who's gone before me and I'm going to invest in the I'm going to invest in their experience rather than trying to get mine from scratch and I'm just going to go through the paces and trust the process I think that's good advice. Again, I think different people will have different appetites, but it, mm. it, it definitely helped me. And again, it, 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 made, it made the time shorter, the time to actually produce much shorter initially. And um, emotionally, it was mm. much, it was, a, it was a, a definitely a, a, a smoother ride for me. Yeah, I think you've really got to look after that kind of getting down and frustrated and this isn't working headspace because when you're running your own show too, mm. there's no one standing behind you. There's no supervisor going, no, no, this, this is due. You can do it. I believe in you. It's it's just you. So you've got to make sure you can stay self-motivated through the process. But I'm the same as you. I think I feel like I've got, I've got this idea that like everything's a hassle until it becomes a habit. And if you can break mm. through that hassle threshold to then establish that habit, I'm the same as you now. I'll, I'll drive around with my kid in the car, wait till he's fallen asleep and then do the podcast. Or it'll be a case of, right, everyone's asleep in the house. It's nine o'clock at night. I'm going to go sit in the car in my driveway like a creeper because it's my little sound, sound box and I'll record there because I haven't done one and it's Friday night. My VA is hounding me. Um, so, yeah, I think if you can get yourself through the, the setup as smoothly as possible and then establish that habit as soon as possible. And then it'll just become part of your daily routine and yet you'll make time for it. The thing I did was, and I know some podcasters do this and don't, is I have seasons. Ah, okay. And yeah, and at the end of the season, I give myself a little break. 
That's very smart. Maybe it's only, yeah, maybe it's only six weeks or something. But it also allows me to do sort of very formal things like thank my listeners for this season and, mm-hmm. you know, and, and you sort guess. of give them a break. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. And it also means that, you know, that I feel anyway that perhaps they don't take me for granted either. Well, it's about that managing expectations when it comes to like providing a service, isn't it? So that they don't come knocking your door down when you're a week late on your podcast. And I think that's smart too, because I think we can sometimes commit ourselves to something that's not ultimately sustainable. So it's about making it as sustainable as possible. I think seasons is a really smart idea. So, and it also means I think you'll almost, you're probably more likely to get started if you go, well, you know, I'll just do season one. I'll make season one, 10 episodes, and then I'll give myself a two week break at the end of it where I'll check my analytics and everything. And then I'll decide whether I go into season two. So if you're hesitating about doing it, I think that's a really good mindset to take to it as well. Because not only that, I feel like social media has trained us to market. If you're looking at it from purely a marketing perspective and not a sharing of information perspective, I think social media has taught us to live very short term in our marketing cycles. Like we'll post something once and if it doesn't get more than five likes, we think it's we're going to live and die by that by that post but if we go into these things thinking about it as a 10 10 week commitment where it's like I'm going to commit to it for 10 weeks I'm going to put my best foot forward plan 10 weeks and at the end of that I will then analyze and decide whether I want to move forward rather than doing one or two episodes and going oh well no one's listening I'm just going to stop thank you so much for sharing all that Jill I feel like there's going to be a big explosion of podcasts off the back of that now because I feel like talking about how like the barriers of entry are really they're really quite low in terms of tech and expense. So the only real thing that should be stopping you is having a clear sense of purpose for it. But um, yeah. for anyone who is listening, who would love to share your knowledge about, you know, the minute details of sheep breeding, what is your podcast called and where can they find you and where they can actually find more about Holston Valley Farm? Thank you, Meredith. Well, um, I've got an amazing website, um, <laughs> Holston. Yeah, I wonder why. Oh. Designed and um, um, and if I have to do anything, um, well, well, we'll talk about this, I'm sure. But um, <laughs> managed effectively by Meredith, it's called HolstonValleyFarm.com, and you will find the Sheep Show podcast on the website, which was an amazing tip that Meredith gave me because I was going to initially set up a whole new website for the Sheep Show podcast. I'm so glad I didn't, which was an amazing um tip palette that you provided way back when and there's you can also find the sheep show podcast on your favorite podcast app (laughs) (laughs) quick quick throw me one of the for the outros you've recorded and i'll just sandwich it in there thank you so much for sharing all your insights jill i really do appreciate it because i i feel like it's such a it's such a nice way to serve people potential customers or not but it's a really good excuse to have a gas bag with some cool people too right (laughs) love the gas bagging meredith i love it (laughs) Thank you for joining me for another episode of Taking Back Joy. Did this episode happen to spark an idea in your business brain? I'd love to hear how this topic helped you. So take a screenshot of you listening right now, post it to Instagram and tag me at meredithpage.me and tell me in the caption what your big takeaway was from this episode. Thanks guys. See you next time.